You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia DeSouz. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hi, everybody. It's Letitia. I hope your day is off to an amazing start or night whenever you happen to be listening to this. I just hope that you are doing well. Today, I am going to be talking about entrepreneurship. The one thing that I love about myself, shameless plug here, is that I am well-read and well-studied. And I study a lot about a lot. So there's just different topics and different things that catch my attention or sometimes even experiences that I'm having with my clients or just things that I observe that they bubble up in my heart and I say, you know what, I think I need to speak about this. So the thing that I want to speak about about entrepreneurship is the dark side of entrepreneurship because, listen, entrepreneurship can be such a beautiful journey but it is just not a straight trajectory from where you are starting to where you are looking to go. The way that I best heard it described was that it is personal development with a paycheck. So first and foremost, if you are deciding or pondering about whether you want to be an entrepreneur, then you are also committing to, by default, a life of personal growth. And your paycheck will reflect your willingness to grow because everybody says you can't cheat the grind. My friend, you cannot cheat the growth. It is going to tell on you over and over. So first of all, I know there's a lot of people that have successful side hustles and they work nine to five. And I probably spoke about this on another podcast. Do you have what it takes? Well, what is the difference in, you know, having a successful side hustle and then, you know, going into entrepreneurship? I'm going to tell you something. The reason why some people should just keep a side hustle, I don't care if you get it to six figures and not go into full-time entrepreneurship. This is just my thoughts. is because um, when you have a side hustle, right, you have something else that is funding your life. So if you have a job, your day-to-day lifestyle, whatever your lifestyle consists of, You don't have to pull that from your business. So you can show up. You can provide the greatest product or service. You can be all into it because you don't need it to survive. However, when you cross the line to entrepreneurship, now you not only are delivering that product or service, but if y'all haven't read the E-Myth Revisited, go check that out. But you are the CEO, the janitor, the person who's developing the product, making the product, pushing it out, marketing, sales, you know, service delivery, like you are all of the things. And so what you were doing so passionately and profitably can take on a dramatically different and dark turn when you are now eating what it is that you kill, right? Because if you have to live off of your business, then sometimes your decisions are made from a place of survival. Your your decisions are made from a place of getting cash in the door. And um, you, when you are in a place of fear or scarcity, you are not in a place of clarity to make the best decisions. So that's the first thing is considering, I said that, go back and listen to do you have what it takes, whether or not you should just 
have a side hustle, a profitable side hustle that enhances your life, or if you're really cut out and committed to entrepreneurship. I don't think that there is a right answer, but it's really being true with what, what works for you. And you know you, if you're, if you're being honest, are you, do you have the discipline, the focus enough to really um, run an entrepreneurial venture and the stick to itness enough to, to go and keep going in the face of obstacles? Not everybody has that. So let me tell y'all something. We're in this age of, you know, social media and lifestyle entrepreneurship and entrepreneuring from the beach. Now, I am the first person to tell you that the way that I set up my business, I did it intentionally so that I could work from whatever, from wherever, so that I am location independent, so I can be wherever I happen to be and I can still show up and do my work. Very intentional about doing that. But I am also not all over social media telling people like, hey, just get your laptop you know, just just uh, hang out a shingle, just get you some pretty graphics for Instagram and, and the clients are going to start flowing in. And so a lot of times the very entrepreneurs that you are admiring, they are only sharing one side of things. And so you're attracted to lifestyle lure when a lot of times the lifestyle that you see is costing them a whole lot of peace if, that, if, if it is actually true. So I'm all about being authentic and sharing the truth of the journey, right? And if you show up as uh, if you show up authentically, people will actually appreciate that. So you know, there's remember when people say fake it till you make it. No, just 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 focus on making it. Learn what you need to learn until you making it. F faking it, right? We have enough fakes in the world, but can we show up and be real? Can we show up and share our struggles, share what we're going through, share what it is that we're growing through, share what happens when we triumph over those things, and then people can see what not to do or how to shortcut their own learning curves. But in many instances, quote unquote, modern day entrepreneurs try to portray this lifestyle of ease and luxury, and that is not at all how they live. Let me tell you something. I, I'm behind the scenes and have been behind the scenes in a lot of things, okay? And so I know the disconnect in what I see and the luxury of what I see uh, out in public and the pain and the stress and the damn near psychosis of what people are experiencing through the the um, the problems and the challenges of entrepreneurship behind the scenes. So let me say this. Authenticity is so important. It doesn't mean that you have to tell the world like everything that's going on with you, but showing up authentically where people get a consistent experience with you, that, that will serve you. So don't be one of those entrepreneurs who is not authentic, who is inauthentic, because people are smart these days and people can sniff fakes a mile away if they have any lack of discernment. So don't buy into the whole fake it till you make it. Learn and become who you need to be to make it. So here's the other thing. A lot of times people are not clear on what it is that they actually do. Like when you ask people, what is it that you actually do? A lot of people can't really tell you that, right? And so when you can't tell people what it is that you actually do, how can you communicate to people effectively how you can help them or how you can solve their problems? So I know that I'm a coach, right? There's a gazillion coaches in the world. My focus primarily is mindset and business strategy. There's a gazillion coaches in the world that do that. But I also understand that I'm not just a coach. I am a partner. 
I am wholeheartedly invested in my client's success, right? And and to helping them meet those goals and looking at every area of the business, including them and their personal lives and their personal self-care until we get there. So I understand that I am much more of a partner than I am a coach, but I also understand that I have an affinity for minority women in law, minority entrepreneurs who want to break this seven-figure barrier. But it has taken me forever and ever and ever to get even more clarity on what it is that I do. I'm a visionary, I'm a catalyst, I'm a strategist, and people work with me when they are in times of growth, crisis, or transition. There is not a client that I have had or a client that I have right now that has not come to me when they were in a phase of growth and of crisis or transition. But I'm clear on that. So me being clear on what it is that I do, it allows me to know if I can be of service to people that come my way. And so many of us is just like, oh, well, I just do this or I just want to do this. But we lack the clarity on what it is that we do. So if you don't know what it is that you do, the other thing that you don't won't know is who you do it with or who you want to work with. You don't have to take every client that comes your way. I don't. I'm clear on who it is that I want to work with. It has taken me a while because I had some some clients that, but but I had to learn like, oh, this is not it. I had to date a few client types until I got crystal clear on who it is that I want to work with, who it is that I work best, their levels, their mindset, you know, their challenges, their goals. I got really, really clear on that. And so now I can tell you that each and every one of my clients, I absolutely love them. I'm wholeheartedly invested in them and what they do because I believe in it. So it has taken me some time to refine that. But you get to work with who you choose to work with. But you want to think about who is your ideal client? Who is it, who is it that you want to work with? What's keeping them up at night? How does your problem speak to that? So there's a, I mean, not your problem. How does your product or service speak to that? There's a thing that your product or service might speak to immediately, but then there's an underlying thing. So for example, yes, I'm mindset coaching. Yes, I'm doing business strategy and I'm looking at metrics and marketing and accountability and all of those things. But underlying that, a lot of times I give my clients peace of mind to know that they have a partner who is invested Sometimes women, when we have big dreams and big things, we feel like we need a sense of permission. And I'm right there with them like, hey, stop asking permission, just serving notice. So I understand like some of the underlying things that my clients get from me as well as the immediate problem that I'm solving. Does that make sense? So let's just say your product or service is maybe I had a client who was a uh, a, a fitness trainer, right? So yeah, you're helping people get holistically fit and they're looking better in their clothes, but now maybe the underlying thing is now they're feeling a higher level of self-esteem, a higher level of confidence, a higher level of self-worth. So it's going to take you digging into what it is that you do and what it is that you have to offer so you know how to uniquely convey that. And while I'm saying that, some people are afraid to niche down and get really specific on who they serve. And so they cast a wide net and say, oh, I can be the personal trainer for anybody or I can be the coach for anybody because I can solve problems. Even one of my clients told me, Letitia, I think you can help anybody. Well, maybe I can, but I don't want to help anybody. So when I say that I work with minority women in law or C-level execs, right? Or young professionals, right? There's there's three targeted groups that I have, if you will, right? Right now, the predominant one is minority, minority women in law who desire to break the seven-figure barrier. 
But when I say that, that doesn't mean that I cannot help people outside of that. But what it allows me to do is to focus my messaging, my conversation, everything that I'm doing to speak to the needs of a particular people group so that when I let out a net and I'm looking for salmon, I don't have catfish and crappies and bluegills coming in my damn net because I just let down a whole big old net. No, if I'm looking for salmon and I know that that's exactly what I'm looking for, then I'm going to position myself to where the salmon are swimming, right? Where I can catch salmon. But some of us are all over the place, don't know what we're doing, don't know who we're serving. And then we're frustrated because our efforts, we feel like we're productive, but we're not producing what it is that we want to produce because we aren't clear. And entrepreneurship is all about solving problems. So that is your problem to solve, my friend. Here's the other thing. And these are in no particular order, right? But when I just start thinking about this, lack of focus. There's, you know, have you ever heard of shiny object syndrome? I have never seen it um, so uh, prevalent as with entrepreneurs where you got 17,000 ideas that you want to implement next week. So I have my clients, we're going to put this in the idea parking lot. Yep, it's valet parking, but we need to put this right here for a minute so that we can flesh something out and get something else complete. Because when you are creative, the ideas are not going to stop flowing. But we need to do something long enough so that we can measure the results of it and see it be successful before we're moving over to other things. So this is where, like, lifestyle lure and all these other things that everybody else who's doing what you do will have you looking aside and you're all over in somebody else's lane instead of staying focused and building what's working for you. Let me tell y'all something. I know of, uh, there might be about one, two, three, maybe three coaches, um, four, that I follow and listen to. And those are including my own coaches, right? I do not pay attention to what other coaches are doing and how other coaches are building their businesses or what's trending because what those people are doing has nothing to do with me. Does that mean that there aren't great ideas in there? No, it does not mean that. But the moment I take my eyes off what I'm doing and what's working for me right now, I'm going to get derailed from my own path and my own purpose. And a lack of focus will have you looking over at how somebody else is running their firm or their business. And you're comparing yourself, right? Comparison being a thief of anything good. And you get completely off kilter. Focus on what's working. Do more of what's working. Do less of what's not. And then those shiny objects lose their appeal because you are focused. I can't tell you the amount of time, energy, and attention, and even money that people lose on this magic pill, this next magic pill that is being marketed to you that's going to solve your most pressing problem. The reason why it's so appealing to you is because those marketers, they are doing their job and their marketing works, but it doesn't mean that you have to take the bait. So stay focused on what's working, what you do well, and master that. Now, I was just telling the producer, I get the same um, message from Macy's every week about how Macy's is having a 25 to 30% off sale. Every week I get the same thing. So even though Macy's might be going out of business a lot, but clearly that's just Macy's thing. And they've been running that for so long that I guess it has just worked for them, right? They, they, that, that's just been their thing. So focus on what works for you. 
do that well and master that. When that is no longer working or when you've gotten that to a certain place, now let's look at what's the next thing. Now, there. let me, let me say, there are times when you are doing things and you're ramping things up and you're building momentum that you may be doing more things in a short period of time than others. But for the most part, once we get to a certain place, let's focus. Let's see what's working. Let's measure and not let's just not be all over the place. Okay, this next one is a big one. Listen, a lack of business and financial acumen. This, this, this could probably be at the top of the list, right? Or somewhere up there. When you are an entrepreneur, this is not just about your uh, great grandma's pecan pie recipe that everybody loves because she was making them pecan pies out of her house and, and people was coming to buy. When you are an entrepreneur, guess what? You have to begin to understand business. You have to understand you've got the pie recipe and now you've got to get clients in the door. You've taken it from your side hustle, right? Where you were selling them out of your car and now you got a whole place where people can come and get the pecan pies. How are you getting the word out? How are you marketing that? How are you distributing that? Like there's so many things that you have to learn and understand. You have to understand money. You have to understand metrics. You have to understand return on investment. You have to understand cash flow. You have to understand cost of acquisition for your clients. You have to understand the lifetime value of a client. How long do people stay with you? Like you have to understand patterns. And if you don't understand it, then you have to have somebody in your life, like a coach, shameless plug, who understands those things and who will pay attention to those things while you grow and while you manage the other parts of the business because otherwise, it's just not going to work. And a good portion of the people that I work with, probably the biggest challenge is that they don't understand money and they don't understand business. And if you don't understand money, you're not going to understand how to make it in the most efficient way, an advantageous way, and you're certainly not going to understand how to spend it in a way that serves you and your business. So please understand money, understand credit, understand access to capital, understand not just personal credit, but understand business credit, the credit that you could get with your EIN number that is not reporting to your personal credit. Like, Empower yourself and educate yourself so that you set yourself up for the most success that you possibly can because the reason why most businesses fail in the first year or the first five years is not because they don't, they have to. I think it's because of ignorance. Ignorance simply meaning that you don't know, but it's nobody else's responsibility to teach you and to grow you when you are taking on this, this venture of entrepreneurship. So... Get your business and your financial acumen up. Read books. Listen to podcasts. Like, we live in an information age, right? So inform yourself. Educate yourself. Empower yourself. Right now, I'm reading about, I'm reading What Would the Rockefellers Do, right? Not because I uh, am a fan of the Rockefellers, but in looking at contrasts of the Rockefeller family to the Vanderbilts, who whose wealth is gone, and the Rockefeller family's wealth that continues to What's the word I want to say? That more than 100, 100 plus people continue to live off just the interest of the way that they set everything up through cash flow insurance and trust planning and becoming their own bank. Guess what? I'm, I'm interested in that. So I look at the wolves. I look at the wolves and look at what they did and see how can I take these principles and implement them in my own life and implement them in my own business, which brings me to the other thing. This is 
so important too, mastering your emotions. My emotions and how I feel about a person, I can take a business principle from a Donald Trump. I don't have to like people personally to extract a principle from them and use it in integrity and use it in service to people and make it work in my life. The Bible even speaks about the children of this world being wiser and more shrewd than the children of light. So all y'all spiritual uh, prophesying, praying people don't even, people who don't know God, don't love God, use these principles and they make profit and and they uh, leave legacies for their family. And all you have is prayer. Come on, people. Let's, let's, we just got to do something different here. But anyway, so mastering your emotions is so, so important. The very nature of entrepreneurship is risk. Right. And so when you are taking a risk, that means you stand the chance of gaining, but you also stand the chance of losing. I have lost a lot, but I have also gained a lot. When you understand that you if you lose money that you've created, you understand that you are the same person who created the money in the first place. So my thought process is I can always create more money. I can always create more money. So understanding that it increases my risk tolerance because I know that I can always create it even if I lose it. So mastering your emotions and understanding that if if your emotions are fueling your decisions, you're setting yourself up for failure, right? Being able to look at the facts, being able to assess things with accuracy to the best of your ability and then making decisions will carry you a very, very, very long way. Just a couple of other things. I would say this also should be at the top of the list, but this is uh, the dark side of this is a lack of self-care. If you are not taking care of you, how are you possibly showing up and being in service and of service to the people that your business or your product or your service serves? How how is that even possible? If you're not taking care of you, what's happening with your clarity of mind? What's happening with your peace of mind? How is creativity, new ideas and inventions, how are they flowing through a cluttered mind? If you're sick or if you're not taking care of your body, if you're not moving your body, you have stagnant energy. Like what's happening with that? And so um, I said on another podcast, self-care is not just like a bubble bath or a spa day or a facial. Those things are great, but what are you putting inside of you, right? Entrepreneurship can take a toll on you, and so you need to be taking care of you. What are you reading? What are you eating? Who's around you? Who's speaking into your life? Who are you listening to? Who are you associating with? Self-care has to be a priority, Because it's not just your product or service. You're the most important part of the business. You are the absolute most important part of the business, especially until you create it in such a way so that you have systems and, you know, staff, if that's your model, who can make it work without you. So another part of self-care that I don't see that I would love to see more entrepreneurs um, investing in is life systems. What do I mean by life systems? Simply things that make your life easier. You can... Buy a pair of red bottoms. What you do with your money is your business. But first of all, my feet are too big, so you won't see anything red on the bottom of my sh- my feet. However, before I buy a pair of red bottoms, I'm going to get a chef. And I have a chef. Is it because I don't have time to cook? Not necessarily. It's because I choose not to. I, I feel like a higher and better use of my time, energy, and attention is when somebody else uses their beautiful talent and entrepreneurial skills to provide that service for me. 
I have a cleaning service starting on Tuesday. I have somebody else that does my laundry, right? Because that frees me up because the way that I can be of higher levels of service to my clients and to the people that I serve is by investing in life systems and things that make me better. And so that simply means that you can't do it all. When you start making profit, reinvest it into your business, but you are the most important part of the business. So reinvest it into yourself and into life's systems. I never have to see the inside of a toilet again if it's up to me, right? I'm, I'm just so serious. Like, why wasn't I doing this a long time ago? Um, so it just has made my life easier, a lot less stressful. Oh, this is a, this is a huge one. Uh, patience or a lack thereof. Let me tell y'all something. When you, again, have gone from, say, a side hustle to a full-fledged entrepreneur, and now you have the pressure of eating what you kill, this is so important. Patience is going to be so important. You have to be patient with people. You cannot make people ready because you are. You, you may have the perfect product or service for them, but it's not perfect for them until they decide that they want it, until they decide that it is. There is nothing that is a greater turnoff to me than when somebody is trying to, to sell something to me and I can feel that greedy, grabby energy that has nothing to do with me or about me or about them being in service to me, but has everything to do with their lack. So if you are in lack or scarcity, you're going to have to get yourself together because that thing is going to come through in your conversations and people are going to feel it and you're going to repel people and move them away from you instead of moving them closer to you. So listen, mindset work, heavy on the mindset work. You've got to because if you're come from places, one of scarcity, people are going to sense it and people are going to feel it and they're going to go in the other direction, right? So that's why also understanding the finance and business part is important. How much does it require for you to live monthly or yearly? You need to be thinking about that um, be before you just fling yourself into the world of entrepreneurship and, and just try to make a life at it. Because when you are in financial crisis or when you are in lack, number one, it's very damaging to your soul. It's very stressful. It's very fearful. And you cannot show up at your best when you are there. So, um, yeah, being, being, being patient and that whole cycling back to that business thing. The last thing that I would say is... Remember, these are not in any particular order. Getting curious, getting be, being authentically curious. Like I have conversations with people. So many people are referred to me, but I'm genuinely very curious about what it is that they're looking to do, like why they want to do that, like why that's important to them. Not because it's like, oh, well, I can help you or you're my ideal client, but I'm genuinely curious about people about why they do what they do, why they're looking to do what it is that they do. And I'm genuinely interested in authentic relationships and connections. And that's where patience comes into play as well. I've had people that didn't work with me before. It wasn't the right time. I didn't chase them. I didn't stress it. And then they cycle back and they were like, I'm ready now. Or they gave me a timeline and said, I'll be ready in three months. And they're like, okay, I'm ready now. And But I was genuinely curious. I was genuinely interested in leaving them better than I found them, whether or not we work together. I was genuinely authentic. So they're going to get a consistent experience from me, whether we work together or where we whether we do not. And so I'm not going to do anything that's going to put me out of integrity for the sake of trying to get business and trying to get business quickly to fill a personal need. 
So, you know, heavy on the mindset work, that's why that's so, so important because if you are, you know, a person who you're, you're, you're come from place and you see through the lenses of scarcity, all of these things will be a little bit more difficult to do, but it can happen with practice. So, uh, in a nutshell, the dark side of entrepreneurship doesn't have to be the dark side or it doesn't have to stay the dark side. Don't be afraid of the dark side because I lived on this dark side as well. But guess what? Light comes through darkness. You know, like, you know, uh, beauty is formed out of chaos, right? So when things are dark and chaotic, don't be afraid of it. But let's not lie about it either. Let's learn and grow and become who we need to become so that the, the gifts, the services, the talents, the products, just everything that we have to put out into the world can be put out into the world in a way that is impactful, in a way that is profitable, in a way that is purposeful, and it is the way that we intend it, right? So I hope that some or all of these tips were very helpful for you if you are an entrepreneur or if you are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, It's definitely not for the faint. Is it the faint of heart or the faint at heart? Y'all know what I mean, right? So anyway, I love each and every one of you just because. And thank you so much for sharing space. Have a beautiful, beautiful, amazing day.